Genesis chapter 39. I'm continuing on with the From Dream to Destiny series. I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed this series. Uh, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go online to our church website, www.rockvilleag.com, and go to podcast, uh, listen to the message, hear it again, tell your friends about the message. Um, and so these are just words from God. I, I did, I, I honestly, I read a book and I thought this book is awesome. This is where our church is at. We're going through this test. Because think about Joseph, okay? Let me get a drink. Joseph was called to save Egypt and Israel because of a severe famine. And I don't know about you, and I don't know, again, I, I'm, I'm not a doomsday prophet. Uh, I, I, am, I am an optimist by nature. So I'm always like, yeah, God, we can, nothing, you know. But the reality is our world is crumbling, okay? And, and at any day, yeah, sure, our market could crash. Are you ready? It could, go, it could go stronger. It could get better for a thousand years. Are you ready for that? You see, God has placed you and I where we work, where we live, where we study, uh, where we're at in church, in, the, in this world, because He wants to use us to be like Joseph to our workplace, our schools, our universities, our, our neighborhoods, to set people free who are in bondage. Because a famine is going to come. A famine of the Word is already here. Uh, there could be another famine on there. I mean, we, we are spoiled, right? We are a spoiled people. We don't understand hard times. I mean, some of you have gone through hard times. I was thinking about getting ready for church this morning, thinking about my mom. And I, my mom passed away uh, a, a few years back. And I think about when she, she, was, she was in Pyongyang, Korea, before the Chinese communists took over. And I remember as a kid, uh, I would rub her shoulders and I would rub her neck and I would rub her head and I was just trying to be a massage and a massager. And I would see, little, I would see these dent indentations and scars on her. I said, Mom, what are these from? She said, Hun, these are from the American bombs that fell on us when we were trying to escape from the, chi- the communists into, into South Korea. And I thought, my goodness. My, and, and my mom said, well, my, we, we escaped. My sister carried me through and I was bleeding and, and God helped me. And, uh, you know, my mom turned around, her, her mom, my grandma, turned around, went back to North Korea because she was concerned about the house. And I thought, how sad. She was more concerned about the house. And you see, too many of us were too concerned about things. Because we're our jobs and our money. And, and that's awesome that God gives you that. But you have to be firm in God. Because there could come a day when everything just disappears. And all you have is your body and God. And you have to be firm. You have to have a character in Christ. And you have to persevere. Amen? And so I want to talk about this Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39, verses uh, 13 through 20. Genesis 39, 13 through 20. Says this. Now, last week it talked about Joseph being tempted uh, and he ran out of, out of the house because of Potiphar's wife. Now, this is what happens after he ran out. Verse 13. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he, excuse me, when he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us has came to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of this house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But Joseph... But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. 
he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes uh, of the prison warden. I'm going to stop right there. So here it is. We, we read the account last week. Potiphar's wife is tempting him. Hey, tempting him. Hey, come on, come on, come on. He says no. He runs out. She grabs his coat, his cloak. And so she comes out. Hey, hey, he tried to assault me. He tried to do this. And so the master comes back in. Potiphar comes in and says, what's going on? He's angry. He throws Joseph into prison for doing the right thing. Have you ever done the right thing and the wrong things happened? Have you ever just kept your head down and said, I'm going to do the right thing and you've been laid off? You've been fired? You've been let go? You've, you've been made fun of? You, you had blessings disappear? Because Joseph made the decision to walk in obedience no matter the price and he had every reason to expect the blessings of God but instead he got thrown into prison. And you see, a shallow person would not have understood that. A person without perseverance or character would not have understood that. You see, I think in America we're soft. I think we blame God for too many things instead of, him, instead of saying, God, allow me to grow up in this. Oh God, where are you? When we go through the tough times, God saying, just be obedient. Something better is coming. I'm developing you. I'm strengthening you. I'm maturing you. But we cry, we whine, and, and we gripe. Come on, right? Where are you, God? Why, don't, why can't you help me in this? And he's saying, I'm helping you. You just need to grow up. This is helping you be strong because you're going to save a nation, possibly nations. Amen? You see, Joseph... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> recovering from a cold last week. Joseph chose to do the right thing. But the immediate reward was false accusations in prison time. Not exactly what you and I would expect. We live in a fallen world, excuse me. <coughs> and bad things happen to good people. Amen? Say that. Bad things happen to good people. All the time. God is good all the time. And He will always take you through all these things. So you don't need to get mad at God. You don't need to get angry. You need to say, God, how can I grow in this? God, what am I learning through this? God, help me give to have endurance to make this. Amen? So let's talk about this. Number one, the prison test is perseverance. Perseverance. Persevering. The prison test is persevering. Make, make no mistakes about this. We must obey God if we want the blessings of God. Lawrence already talked about that. If you want the blessings of God, you have to obey God. Amen? Come on, True? Obedience, though, listen, is no guarantee that bad things will not happen. Bad things do happen to everybody. Okay? But good things will happen when you obey in time. Sometimes immediately, sometimes six months down the road, sometimes a year down the road, sometimes at the end of a lifetime. You have to be strong in God. Amen? And sometimes we do the right things and we get the wrong results. This is what I'm going to call the prison test or the perseverance test. <coughs> I'm sorry. The prison test is a perseverance test, okay? This test may last for years, it may last a lifetime, but every one of us have to go through this. Isn't that exciting? No, it's not. But it is. It's not exciting going through it, but it is an exciting thing because it matures us. And in order for us to walk in God's plan for our lives, we must get our character strengthened through perseverance and through tribulations. Amen? You see, to have a big character, you have to go through big things. Amen? And if you have a small character and you, you don't endure these things, your character is never going to grow. Your strength is never going to grow. Your spiritual endurance is never going to grow. 
And in order for us to walk in God's plan for our lives, we must endure and grow character. And Joseph did that. In fact, John, Jesus said in John 16.33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Listen to this. In the world you will have only good times and lots of money. Now what's it say? It says in this world you will have what? Tribulation. It doesn't say might. It says what? You will have tribulation. But here's what he says. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This world is not going to last forever. You're going to be eternally with God. Amen? This is awesome, right? Life is stormy because we live in a fallen world. Let me read the next example. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. You've heard this all through your life. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the solid rock. It persevered. Likewise, on the contrary, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Notice here, there's two things. One is the storms came to both men, right? One man listened to the words of Jesus. He persevered and he stood on the rock. The other man did not. And you have a choice today. Are you going to persevere and listen to the words of God and believe those over all the voices of the world? Or are you going to listen to the voices of the world and fall in a great crash? When the trials come, when the famines come, when the hard times come, when the storms of life come, you see, some people think that God must deliver them from the unjust situation before they do anything. Oh, well, I'm not going to serve God until I get free of this. <laughs> no, pastor, I'm not going to respond to God. <laughs> I'm going to sit here until he rescues me. Can you imagine if Joseph did that in prison? He didn't. He kept serving God. And where you're at, when you're in prison, in your trial, your tribulation, keep serving God. Amen? Will you, listen, this is not easy, but will you allow tribulation to grow your perseverance and your character? Or you, um, and I'm going to say it very nicely, or will you remain shallow in your faith so that when every storm comes, you blow and you blow away? Or will you allow the tribulation to strengthen your faith and your resolve and your strength in God so that when it does blow, you're still standing when the storm blows by? The second thing, the second thing is this. Tribulation produces perseverance. Tribulation produces perseverance. Now Romans 5, 3-5, it says this. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The only real way to get perseverance, friends, is what? Through tribulations. Isn't that exciting? No, it's not, is it? But it is when we grow. So why not allow God to grow you through your tribulations? Amen? John 15, 1 and 2 says, I am the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, and it will be even more fruitful. Jesus said that he prunes 
branches so they will produce more fruit. And the fruitless branches get cut off. I would rather be pruned than cut off. I would rather endure a little cutting which hurts and grow and be fruitful. Do you see what I'm saying? In this world, we want our cake and our ice cream too, don't we? We want our big screen TV and our big house and the big car and the billion dollar. We want it all. But we're not willing to pay the price for it. We want master's faith. We want world-changing faith just like that. But we're not willing to go through the times to grow that faith. And some of that times is when God has to cut junk off. Has to cut stuff out of your life. It hurts. But you will persevere and you will bear more fruit. Isn't that awesome? You see, God had a plan for Joseph. And Joseph was to bear much fruit. And in that fruit, the only way that fruit was going to come was Joseph had to go through the prison test. Listen to what James says in James 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. And perseverance must what? Finish its work and so that you may what? Be matured. You see, God doesn't want spoiled, crybaby believers, does He? He wants you to be what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, when you go through the trials and you persevere and you graduate, it says you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's a good word today, isn't it? So, so endure the, the tribulation. Say, man, this is building me up. I'm growing from this. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more godly. I, I'm growing. Isn't this awesome? Welcome the test of faith. You see, patience is part of perseverance. Let me talk about patience. Patience can be described as waiting with contentment. Some of you have this down. I'm gonna, can I be honest with you? I struggle with patience sometimes. And two areas God knows is I hate waiting in line. And I really hate waiting in line at the, the, the MVA or the DMV. And I really, and one of the areas that God works on me is when I go to the drive-thru at the bank and God, and when I'm in a hurry, I'm like, I gotta get things, I gotta get things, I gotta, God always puts a slow person in front of me. Every time I'm in that hurry, so now I'm, I'm learning. When I go to the bank, okay, Lord, I'm calm, I'm not in a hurry, I'm not, I don't care, I can be there an hour, I don't care. But when I'm in a hurry, I, I gotta get, it seems like that person gets, they're slow, you know the type, you know, they back up two or three times and they miss the tube, and you're like, can you, oh my goodness, you know, and then they're, they're sitting there writing their stuff out, you know, like, you should have done this before, you know, I'm just, I'm just telling you my, what's going through my mind, I'm like, looking at my watch, I'm pulling up my phone, I'm like, come on, you know, you know, and they're just taking their time writing, and then they're looking through stuff, and they're back, and then they finally put the thing in the tube, right, and you're like, oh, finally, the tube goes up, then you see the tube come back, and, and then you see him talking to the person, like, what, huh, what, and I'm like, oh, come on, and they're like, it goes back and forth. So about three times, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm trying to learn. And then the tube finally comes back and you see them get their step. And then they sit there. They're making their phone call. Yeah. And they're rummaging through their purse. And I'm like, I mean, just think my blood right now is just rising thinking about it. But I'm learning patience. Isn't that exciting? And so I'm like, okay, God. I turn the praise music up louder. Yes. Bless the Lord. I need some help right now, God. I need this thing. You see, patience can be described as waiting with contentment. And patience is needed, but also patience and perseverance must work in you. Listen, perseverance is different than patience. You see, patience is for a 15-minute, 20-minute, an hour wait. Perseverance is for a lifetime. It's easy to be patient at the bank, isn't it? Easier for some of you. 
But perseverance is a long thing. And perseverance demands that you're not just content, but you fight the good fight of faith. That you keep your attitude right. You keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Perseverance says it's a lifetime or it's a long season. You see, Joseph lasted 13 years in prison. Wow! For doing the right thing. 13 years in prison for doing the right thing. I talk about perseverance right there. Amen? David waited 13 years. He was anointed king, but he had to wait 13 years before he became the king of Israel. You see, you and I get mad if we don't get promoted right out of college within six months. We're mad because we don't get the $300,000 job. Right? Or you've been, you've been at a company maybe for five years, ten years, you're wondering why you aren't being promoted. Maybe God is taking you through a time of perseverance. Maybe He's building your character because you need character to be that job, that boss or the owner, right? Amen? This is good stuff, right? Abraham waited 25 years for his promised son. 25 years and he was well in his 80s when him and his wife gave birth to their first son. Paul, an anointed apostle, waited 13 years before he went on his first missionary journey. Moses had to learn how to be a shepherd for 40 years in the desert before he led the children of Israel another 40 years. Wow! Joshua and Caleb obeyed God, but yet they had to go through the desert for 40 years. You think your life is rough. Come on, right? I mean, some of you have worked at a place for 40 years, and God bless you, and you're still, I still haven't seen it. God will work it through, Amen? Joseph kept his heart focused and his mind and his faith focused on God even though he was in prison. The lesson for us is we have to say, God, I want to learn through this tribulation because I want to persevere. Amen? Then their third thing, perseverance produces character. This is good stuff. Amen? Perseverance produces character. Romans 5, 3-5 again. And not only that, But we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance and perseverance character. Wouldn't it be great to find someone with character and have them lay their hands on you and impart character on you? Wouldn't that be awesome? It doesn't work that way. Sad, isn't it? You see, people aren't born with character. Character is developed over a lifetime. Character is developed. Character is built in us. And you see... It's absolutely essential that you have character for the next thing God has for you. Let me just use an example. For instance, like we have these sports stars, and I love uh, the American football, and I love the other football. You know that sissy football you kick on the ground? I'm just kidding. I, I would get killed with that. But you see all these sports stars, and they come out of the, they come out of college, and they come out of their, their minor leagues, and they come in the pros, and they, they get all this money, and then they crash because they didn't have character. They didn't know how to handle all the success. And we are in a success-driven society. And every one of you think, I'm going to be successful, I'm going to be successful, and, and probably you will. But God says, before you're successful, bigger, you need character. Because character will help you to hold on to what I give you. Because it's too big for you to handle. Do you see this? Character is absolutely essential in supporting and fulfilling your God destiny. Listen to this. I know you don't like this, but God will not allow you to step into your destiny until you have character. Some of you are wondering today, why am I stuck at this boring job? I've been here for 20 years and I haven't moved on. Maybe God is not done developing your character. 
I've been at this church for X amount of years. I've been in this country so for so long. I've been in this area. Why don't I see growth? Because God is growing you up. He's developing your character. Amen? And without character, you will never succeed in the destiny God has planned for you. And you see, all of us, we, we love instant rewards, right? Who doesn't, right? All of us love that. But the worst thing that a, a thing that can happen to a person is they get an instant reward without character. And I'm going to talk just for a moment. Listen to this, you see, because they need that character to be responsible. I talked about those spoiled sports stars and they crash and burn because they weren't ready because they didn't have character. And you see, we have this phenomenon in our world today and it's called helicopter parents. You know what I'm talking about? Helicopter parents, helicopter bosses, helicopter Christians. You know what I'm talking about. You, you try to keep your kid from falling at every... You know, you go to the park, your kid's two or three years old. And I did this a little bit. You're like, you're waiting, you're like sitting on the bench and you were like, you know, Michaela was just a little baby and she's crawling, wanting to climb and her and Zoe were both like little monkeys. And I'm like, you know, trying to keep them from falling and I'm like... You know, and then, oh, let's wash your hands, and oh, you know. And so then I, you're, you're hovering, you're helicopter parent, right? And then over time, you begin to realize, yeah, I can't do that. If I want my kid to develop and get some immunity and grow, I've got to back off a little bit. I can still be their parent, I can still be strong, I can still discipline, I can still speak in lies, but I've got to back off a little bit. And you see, too many parents are keeping their kids from going through tough times. Well, I didn't want my kids to go through tough times. I don't either, but they have to. Because if they don't learn it now, they're not going to be ready for it when we let them go. That is why many kids, when they go to college, they forget about God. Because their character has not been allowed to test, be tested. Mom and dad were too busy trying to make them successful in, in everything else but their faith. This is just my personal opinion right there. But if you're, if you're a helicopter parent, your kid is never going to develop if you're always fighting their battles. If you're always calling the school every time something goes wrong, you're yelling at the coach every time your kid doesn't get to play. Can I, can I just be honest? Sometimes your kid needs to sit on the bench. I mean, I, have, I still have pine splinters in my rear end from sitting the bench sometimes in sports and being asked to leave events because, you know what, this is probably not for you, Stan. And I, you know, mom and dad, and my mom, and my mom and dad were not helicopter parents. They're like, you know, they were old school. You've got to grow up. If you want to learn and you, and you want to excel this, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're behind you. We got your back. We love you, but you go. And too many parents are on the... Doo, 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 doo. Hello, principal. I can't believe you. I, my kid got a B. What is going on with this? Well, it didn't turn assignment. Ha! Your kid is never going to develop character. Now, it goes likewise. You see, because we're Christians, we're supposed to love everyone. I'm, I'm going to step on some toes right now. Oh, we're supposed to love everyone and we're supposed to care for everyone, but I think too many times we intervene too many times. You know, bleeding heart? Oh, but oh, we gotta bail everybody out. You bail you keep bailing everyone out, they're never gonna grow up. I've told you about there was a family in my last church in Salt Lake City, the Tanners. They bailed out their adult kids constantly to the point that they went out of business. They had to move into a trailer. They had to foreclose on their house because they kept bailing out their, their adult kids and their adult kids never learned because mom and dad kept bailing. Oh, but we love them. Oh, they're never going to grow. That's right. They're never going to grow until you let them pay for their own mistakes. And I, I think we need to be merciful. I think we need to be loving. But sometimes love and mercy says back up and say, you know what? You made that mistake. You've got to learn from this. 
You're only going to grow in this. I mean, you don't let them die, don't let them die but you just got to say, you know what? That is on you. You've got to grow up. I'm here, back here. I'm praying for you. I, 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 can, I can help you a little bit, but I cannot bail you out of this. Side note, personal, that's why our government is in trouble. Trying to bail everybody out. Personal note, okay? Back to the sermon. All right. I love you. You see, if you're a helicopter parent or you're a helicopter Christian, you need to say, God, help me to intervene and not intervene. Let God work. Amen? Hebrews 5.8 Though he was God's son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered just as we do. Listen, if the God of heaven could allow his son to be suffering, to go through tribulation, don't you think God can take care of your kids? It's hard. I know. Don't you think God can take care of that young believer or that old believer? Obedience is a character issue. And character can only be learned. And we are not born with character, it's developed. And listen, the deeper we go into God's destiny, the deeper the character will be required. And to have a deep character, you have to go through deeper tribulations. Listen to this. A a person who has shallow character has only been through shallow trials. A person of deep character has gone through deep trials. And if you want to grow deeper in God, you've got to allow these trials to build you up. Another thing about these trials, I want to talk about this for a minute, is these deep trials had to draw out character flaws. You see, because Joseph had a problem. Remember I talked about last week, if you love, if you like Brad Pitt or Denzel Washington, he was like Brad Pitt or Denzel Washington of a Hebrew style, right? I mean, he was good looking, he was built, muscular. You know, he's the kind of guy, some of you guys work out and, and you know, your shape is round, kind of like mine. Right? And, and kind of flabby. And he, I mean, he probably didn't have to work out. He probably did two push-ups and he's a bulging all over. You know, it, say, it says it. Come on, the scripture says it. says he was well-built and good-looking. It's just not fair, is it? I mean, I mean, his teeth were perfect. I mean, and so he, he was like well-built and, and he was good-looking. He was smart. He was charming. And so check it out. God saw that and, and he was depending on his charm, his good looks, and his intelligence to bail him out. Genesis 40. Verses 12, 12 through 15, excuse me. So Joseph is in there and there's two people in jail with him. And he says, this is what it means. They have, they have dreams. He tells them dreams. He says, this is what it means. Joseph said to them, the three branches are three days. Verse 13. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand. Just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all, all, when all goes well with you, listen, here's, now here's Joseph trying to inter- interject. Remember not, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I, I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. This was probably about at the 11 year mark. He was about, he could have been, he could have been graduated and been released. But all of a sudden he says, you know what? Hey, remember I helped you out. Help me out. Come on, hook a brother up. Right? Hook me up. Don't forget me when you get out. So then he has to wait another two years because it says that he forgot him for for another two years. And you see, God was using this prison time, this perseverance to bring out a character flaw. Joseph depended on his ability. 
And I know I talk about this often, that God gives you brains and creativity and smartness and, and good looks and strength, and you're to use them as God leads, but you're also to say, God, these are all yours. I totally depend on you. And you see, sometimes, and I'm, I'm guilty of it, I try to work things out. If, if I'm in a, a, a pickle, as we say in America, or I'm in a bad situation, I start going through, okay, what can I do? How can I fix this? What do I need to do? And I forget sometimes to go right to God first. God, what do you want me to do? Because I'm, I'm a go-getter. I, I want to get things done. So I'm already working the plan. Okay, I do this, I can do that, I can try that, I can call them, I can do this. And, and I didn't even go to God. And you need to go to God first. God, what do you want me to do first? Wait. That's hard. Lord, you know that's hard on me. Okay, I'm going to wait. Just relax. Let God handle it. Amen? It's hard, isn't it? God had great things planned for Joseph. Joseph was going to become the ruler of all Egypt and the instrument of God's provision during his lifetime. But in order for that to happen, God had to make sure that Joseph would rely on him when that tough decision would come to lead Egypt and Israel through the famine. He had to have perseverance and character and he had to totally rely on God. And you see, every one of us must experience hardship and we will face injustice. Will you allow them to teach you to build your character? Will you allow them to make you dependent on God and not your ability? I mean, you're all smart. You've got doctorates. You've got good-looking teeth. You, I mean, your hair is perfect. All that. Or maybe it's not there. I don't know. A little joke, okay? But you need to rely on God. Amen? The fourth thing is this. The fourth thing, character produces hope. We're getting down to the end. Character produces hope. Romans 5, 3-5, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. When you and I begin to respond the right way to wrong situations we begin to gain a greater perspective. You say, you know what? I don't care if I get disciplined. I'm going to do the right thing every time. When we begin to do that more and more, we begin to make that part of our lives, we begin to gain a larger perspective of life. Saying, God has His hand on my life. It's hard. It's hard to go and allow bad things to happen. Now, there are some things we talk about we have to fight in the, in the spiritual realm. You have to stand up for your rights. But if God is telling you to relax and to hold on and be strong, then you need to do that, Right? You've got to pray. That's why you've got to be in the Bible. You've got to pray. You've got to be in the Spirit. Character, listen, works to produce hope. Hope is seeing things from God's perspective. No matter how the circumstance might look right now, hope is this is not going to last forever. Amen? You see, God gives us hope. Our character being developed gives us hope. This situation is going to change. It's going to get better. It's not going to last forever. One of my favorite terms in the Bible, and it says, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. It will come to pass. Your trial, your tribulation, it's going to end. Be strong. You see, listen, Joseph could have become bitter for doing the right thing and suffering wrong. But he knew God had given him gifts, and he knew God had a destiny for his life. And so he endured 13 years in prison. That's tough. 13 years in prison. And Satan tried to make him quit. Satan tried to make him stop. And you and I must never grow weary in doing the right. In fact, Galatians 6.9 says, listen to this, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, listen, it says what? We will reap a what? 
A harvest if we what? Come on, read that last part. If we what? Do not give up. We are we quit too soon in the church, in our lives, in our relationships for what God is going to do in our lives. Don't quit. Amen? Keep doing the right things. You see, he, Joseph, did not allow his hope to turn into disappointment. You ever been disappointed? I have. Joseph had many opportunities to become disappointed, but he did not do that. His hope was deferred for 13 years. Imagine if Joseph would have got bitter. He would have died in prison probably. He probably would have rotted and died of a sickness sooner because he would have been thinking about, I did the right thing for God, but here, I, deserve, I don't deserve this. How many times do you and I start that pity party? I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve Stop saying that. Say, God, let me grow from this. Let me grow from this. Let me grow from this. Let me hold on to you. Let me hold on to you. Let me mature from this. Instead of feeling sorry for yourself, instead of saying, where is God? Say, God, thank you that you're here walking with me through this. Because he's there. Amen? You see, hope is for now. Isn't that awesome? His hope is deferred for 13 years, but it, he kept his faith in God. Hope is for now. Now. Not just the future. I talk a lot about future because I'm a dreamer and I talk about the future of your life in our church and my life. But sometimes we've got we've to live now, right? We forget to live now by focusing on the future move. I mean, we're in, a, we're in a move of God now. God has been moving this church since I've been here. God was moving this church before I got here. God is going to continue to move in this church even when I'm long gone. Let's enjoy now as well. Amen? Now is the time. Amen? Right now, you can have your healing. Right now, you can have deliverance. Right now, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hope is for right now. Say that. Hope is for right now. You see, because your hope is in God. It says, I know God is going to do this for me. I have trust in Him right now. Hope believes that God is working everything out for our good right now. Amen? Hope believes that God loves us and that He's going to take care of us right now. Isn't that awesome? You see, when you grow up and mature and believe that, you're going to go through these trials. They're going to be tough, but you're going to make it through these trials. And your character will be built. Your perseverance will be stronger. Hope believes that we are in the center of God's will right now. Hope believes that God is with us right now. Isn't that awesome? No matter what you're going through right now, in your situation at home, in school, in the family, at the job, in the church, in life, God is with you right now. Come on, amen? That's a good. Because we're in the success-driven society. Well, I don't have this, this, and this, and this. Where is God? God is with you, growing you up, so that when you do get this, this, and this, you'll be able to handle it. Or maybe He'll give you more than this, this, and this. But you've got to go through the trials right now. Amen? Hope is now. Number five, the last thing, hope produces appointments. Romans 5, 3 through 5. I'm just going to go to verse 5. It says, Now hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who who was given to us. You see, disappointment, think about this. The definition of disappointment is the opposite of to a point. So a disappointment means a missed appointment. Does that make sense? A disappointment means I missed something from God, or I missed this thing, or I missed an appointment. So listen to this. If hope does not disappoint, then what does hope do? Well, listen to this. Then hope appoints. That's deep, I know, right? Wow, you had to come here to learn that. 
You see, if hope doesn't disappoint, then hope appoints. Hope has a divine appointment for you. This is very important now. You've got to focus on what I'm going to say now, just for a few moments. Hope appoints. Hope produces divine appointments for you. And these divine appointments are for you to minister to others while you're going through your prison experience. You see, too many of us are wallowing in self-pity. Where's God and why I'm not going to make this? And God is saying, I'm putting you through this so that, so that the, the cup bearer and the baker are going to hear from me one way or the other. And you see, this is pretty important because you see, Joseph didn't focus on his pity. He didn't focus on his misfortune. He focused on God. And instead of feeling sorry for yourself, focus on God. And say, God, how can I minister? Listen to this. Genesis 40. Listen to this. Genesis 46-7. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked, the, he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why are your faces so sad today? So listen, did you get this? Did you just get what I just said? Joseph was in prison, but yet he noticed that these two guys were dejected. He wasn't, oh, uh, what are you here for? I don't care. Can I? Uh. He was like, hey, what's wrong? I've been here for 11 years, but what can I do? You see, too many of you, you're wallowing in your sorrows, your troubles, your trials. Oh, where's God? And all along, God is bringing people in your path every day for you to minister. Oh, I don't know where God is. And they're right there. Where's God? And God's saying, I want you to minister to these people. I am God. I can't handle this anymore. You've got to handle this because these people need me. But I don't want to. Such an American thing, isn't it? Such a human thing, right? And, and so Joseph, instead of crying and whining and griping and complaining and cursing, he said, man, what can I do? He was able to notice their grief because he wasn't focused on his troubles. He was focused on God. Young man, young lady, mom, dad, senior, teenager, you've got to focus on God during your tough times. Since you have hope in your heart, those people are hopeless. Why not give them the hope so they can make it through their trial too? Amen? Well, Pastor, God never uses me at work because you're complaining all the time. Did I just say that? I'm not sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, no, I'm not sorry. Quit griping. Well, I can, I, I can never get a chance to share about Jesus because you're not looking for the opportunities. You're griping about stuff. Stop griping. Stop complaining. And start ministering. Amen? Hope is for now. In the midst of your trials, God will give you a divine appointment to minister to another person. I told you a few weeks ago, I was, and I wasn't going through a bad time. Uh, I was, was at a conference, a leadership conference in Florida while it was rainy and cold. It was warm there. I had to suffer. I tell you, it was hard. It was, I had to suffer. I had to wear short sleeve shirts. Can you believe that? I didn't even have to wear my coat. It was so bad. I can't believe that. And, and so it was, I mean, it was a, a wonderful conference and, and I learned a lot. I was growing a lot. But w- when we got in the car, and this was, this is weird. And this, I was humbled by this because a pastor friend of mine said, Hey, Pastor Stan, uh, when you go there, call this, these com- this company, they're, they, uh, they're a shuttle. So I thought, you know, shuttle. I, every time I go to the airport, I get on a, a shuttle bus. You know what I'm talking about? And this shuttle, and they say, okay, call these people. I call them, and, and uh, like a, almost a limo pulls up. It's, a, it's like this huge crown dick. I'm th- it's new, too. I'm like, is this the right company, you know? I felt, I felt bad, because the dude opens the trunk, takes my bag, puts it in there. I'm like, hey, man, I work for a living. I don't, you don't do that for me. 
And it was uncomfortable. And so, the, so he takes us, you know, and then on the way home, same thing, we're in the car and it's uncomfortable. And I'm like, the guy takes my bag. I'm like, this is hard. But okay, go ahead. Take my bag. So we're in the car and he's asking us about the conference. And, and, and the Spirit of God said to me, this guy needs to be spoken to. My pastor friend, and he's just blabbing away. And I'm like, I nudge him. I look at him. <laughs> so, what's your story? He begins to say, you know what, I graduated from Bible college and I came down here to become a youth pastor and the things failed and, and now you know, I'm working 16-hour days, my wife's working 16-hour days and, we just, and he just began to pour out his life. And I said, you know what, man, friend, I'm sorry that's happened to you. And I, I referred to Joseph and think about Joseph, what he went through and how much stronger he was and what God did. I said, God can do the same thing. And we prayed for him. I didn't have much money. I was going to give him a $5 tip. I pulled out a $10, which I was going to use for lunch. Oh, God, it's my you know, I, I, so I, I, $10, and I said, man, let's pray for you. And, and because I was listening, I wasn't, and I, I wasn't complaining at all. I mean, I, you know, I didn't have to wear my coat. I mean, my goodness, this was cool, right? But you see, there's divine appointments every day in your life. And if you stop griping and stop whining for a moment, and you see that there are people around you hurting, God has put you there to minister to those people that are hurting. Amen. Listen to this. Let me move on. You are the only one. You are the only one that can thwart your destiny. Not Satan. Not President Bush. Not President Obama. Not the Republicans. Not the Democrats. Not the church. Not Pastor Stan. Not Pastor Dave. Not your mom. Not your dad. You are responsible for your destiny. Did you get that? Not your boss. Not your teacher. Not, not Argentina. Not Germany. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? Not Syria, not the terrorists, not, not the Jews. You are responsible for your destiny. And if you either you accept it and grow from it, or you say, you know what, I'm going to allow everyone else to, to tell me how bad it is, or how, how tough life is. Well, Pastor Stan, you don't understand. I've been through a lot of tough times. Maybe I don't understand. And I'm sorry you've gone through those tough times, but God is going to use those to build you up. Maybe you have it bad right now, but you can have it better if you learn to grow in this time. Amen? You see, your destiny is yours to either claim or throw away. Claim by enduring or throw away by complaining, griping, and, and, and saying how you want justice. I demand justice. I demand justice. Now, remember I talked about that a few weeks ago. Be careful because you really don't want justice. Amen? You remember that. If you don't, go back a couple sermons back and you can, you can catch that. You see, listen, because Joseph grew through this time. He chose to do the right and God used him. Listen, Joseph is a wonderful example for you and I to persevere and overcome. In fact, Joseph was a type of Christ. Think about this for a moment, okay? Joseph went to prison for something he didn't do. Christ, Jesus, suffered for something he didn't do. Joseph was numbered with criminals in prison. The Bible says Jesus was numbered with the transgressors. Isaiah 53, 12. Joseph was jailed with two prisoners. One set free, the other condemned. Jesus was crucified and nailed between two thieves. One died and went to hell, and one died with, with Jesus and went to heaven that day. One of the prisoners Joseph spoke to said, Don't forget me, he forgot him. The two thieves, one of the thieves said to Jesus, don't forget me. And Jesus didn't forget him. Jesus will never forget about you. 
He will never leave you alone. He will never forsake you. God is with you everywhere you go. I might forget you. Your own family might forget you. But God will never forget you. Amen? You think you're rotting in the job. You think you're rotting at the school. You think you're rotting in this church. You think you're rotting in this area. You're not. God is growing you up. And when you get a hold of that, things are going to get a little bit better. You might still be in prison for a few more years, but you're going to get better because this is, you know what, God has called me here. And I told you the story. I want to just tell you the story. I've talked about this before. And Olivia's homesick today, and I'm sorry she wasn't here. But when, when her and I, we left our family, we, we moved ourselves out to Utah. We had to pay our own way to start a church. And we were out there, and people used to come to Utah. I hate it here. I hate it here. I can't stand the mountains. I can't stand the snow. I can't stand the Mormons. I don't. And we're like, you know what, if you're going to be like that, you probably should just go back to where you came. Because her and I decided long ago, we are going to grow where we're planted. And we thrive there. And then, same thing, when God sent us here, we're thriving. I have people coming here all the time. I can't stand here. I don't, the traffic, the Democrats, the Republicans, blah, 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 blah. But I say, you know what? Sure, it's, the cost of living is crazy here, but I love it here. I love this church. I love this area. I don't agree with the politics. I don't agree with, with all the agenda of the world. But I love it here because I'm called here to help people get out of prison. And you see, you go to your job and you live in this area and you hate it here. Stop hating it here. Say, man, I love it here because God's called me here. If anything, to grow me up and to mature and to help other people. Amen? So grow up in God. Amen? Trust in Him. Amen? God will always keep His word. God will always remember you. And as long as there are trials, you've got to keep fighting. Second Timothy, I'm almost done, says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only to me, but also all, to all those who have longed for His appearing. As you allow God to develop your character in your life and you continue to write, do the right things, situations may go bad, but you're going to have hope. You're going to have perseverance. You're going to have character. You're not going to be disappointed in, in time because God's going to do some great things. You see, God's hope is in you. Amen? His hope will never disappoint. Would you stand with me this morning? Stand up this morning. He, he will carry you if you cling to Him. Don't run from Him, but run to Him. Amen? Hope does not disappoint. It brings divine appointments. So friends, I'm saying persevere through your tough time. Persever through, persevere through your strained relationships, your sickness, your lack of money, your lack of this, your lack of that, your struggle, your prison, your dead-end job. Persevere. Persevere through the dry season of your faith right now because you're built up. Amen? Persevere living in a crowded, crazy area. Persevere because you're going to be used when there's a famine to save nations. Persevere through the tough times. Amen? Father, would you help us to grow and mature and develop our character and develop our perseverance so we can be mature, lacking nothing. Lord, I know it's hard. It's hard for me to wait. I know it's hard for me to go through tough times. It's hard for all of us to go through tough times. But Father, we want to do it. In fact, we want to be joyful like James says, to count it all joy that we are going through these times because we are being strengthened. We are being matured. So, Father, I think about Passover week. I think about Jesus coming in and preparing to take His Last Supper and Him coming and triumphantly saying that I'm the King. And so this morning, help us to recognize that You're the King even though it's good or bad 
You're still the king. Whether we have lots or we have nothing, you're still the king of kings and the Lord of lords in our lives. Father, help us to persevere and grow strong characters so when, when the blessings do get poured on our lives, we can handle the blessings. And Lord, in our prison time, help us not to just be looking at our sorrows and our troubles, but let us begin to look at those around us who also are there with us, who have no hope, because we have hope. His name is Jesus Christ. So forgive us, God, for griping. Forgive us for complaining. Forgive us for asking you to move us out of this area when you've called us to this area to reach people for Jesus. Help us to grow on you, Lord. Still, friends, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, eyes closed, heads bowed, I have to do this. Here on this, on this Passover week, this Palm Sunday, Jesus triumphantly entered Jerusalem. And he was declaring to the world and to the spiritual realm that he was the Savior and the King. And the people call out to him saying, Hosanna, save us. Friends, maybe this morning with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, you've never called out to Jesus to save you from this world. You've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm asking you to do it right now. I'm asking you to cry out and say, Lord, save me. Save me. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to go to heaven. I want to be delivered from this world. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, would you look at me and say, Pastor Stan, that's me. Raise your hand and say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Okay, that's a good thing. I trust us now. Now, you can look at me, but I want to open up the altar time. I don't know if we have a worship music or something. I want to open up the altar time just for a few moments, okay? Just for a few moments. I want you to come forward and say, God, I need your strength to go through this test. I want you to come to the front. I want you to come down and say, God, I need your strength. Come on down. I want to be open to you. I want to pray with you. Say, God, I need your strength to persevere through this prison, through this hard time. I've been in it for a long time. I need your strength. Come on. Come on, I want to pray with you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not, I know I was tough in my message, but I want you to be strong. Come on down to the front. Spread out to the front. Say, I want to be strong. The next thing is, you know what? I don't want to become bitter. I want to be hopeful. Come on, if you say, that's me. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be bitter anymore. I want to be hopeful. Come to the front. Come on. Come to the front. I don't want to be bitter anymore. I want to be hopeful. Come on, say, I want strength to endure this perseverance, this prison. I don't want to be bitter. I want to be hopeful. You know what, Pastor? I want my character to grow. I, I want my character not to be shallow. Come on down. Say, I want my character to grow. Come on down. I want my character to grow. Come on down. I want to grow through perseverance. I want my character to be strong. Maybe some of you say, you know what? I need my hope to be built up. I need my hope to be on Jesus. Come on down. Say, you know what? I need hope to be persevered. Come on down. Come on. Spread into the front. I need, I need my perseverance. I need strength to endure. I don't want to be bitter. I want my, my, my character to grow. I want, I want to produce hope in my life. I want hope produced in my life. Come on down. And then I, the last one is, I don't want to miss divine appointments because I've been griping. Come on down. Say, I don't want to miss these divine appointments in my workplace, in my, in my school, in my home, in my neighborhood, in this community. I don't want to miss these divine appointments. Come on down. If you say, I don't want to be bitter. I need God's strength to persevere. I want my character to grow. I want hope to grow. Or I don't want to miss these divine appointments. Come on down to the front. Father, would you move in the hearts and minds of those that came this morning? Father, I'm going to anoint with oil here in a moment. But I'm asking you to give us your strength. Give us your perseverance. Give us your power, God. Give us your anointing. And God, help us to be strong. Let us not be bitter. Let us not be sorry. Let us not be sad. But let our character grow. Let our perseverance be developed. Let our hope come about. Let us not miss the divine appointments. Let us not be bitter, Lord God. We need you.
God is with us today. You have hope today. Begin to call on Him right now, church, wherever you're at. Call on Him. He will take care of you. He will give you hope. He will give you joy. Just persevere through Him. Endure the, the, the state, the stuff that He goes through, and you're going through for His sake. God, we have hope in You. We have trust in You. In the name of Jesus, thank You for the trials. Thank You for the tribulations. We count it all joy to suffer for Your sake, God. Because we are going to endure. We are going to overcome, God. We are going to overcome, Lord God. We trust in you, Jesus. We will overcome, God. We will overcome, God. We're going to overcome, Lord Jesus. I want to read this to you out of Romans. You've heard me read these many times. It says, what then... It says, and now, and now in all these things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then what shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen? If he did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against us, against those whom God has chosen? It is... God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Jesus Christ who died more than that, who raised, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for you, us, right now. Isn't that awesome? Listen to this. This is very important. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake, Christ Jesus, we face death all day long. We are considered